In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Caribbean Princess. Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, is standing by with cruise news in just a couple of seconds. Cruise Radio News. It's our Facebook group. Come join around. Uh, come kick around the cruise news with us and join us. Just type in Cruise Radio News on Facebook. Also, River Cruise Radio. We just taped a show over in, where were we last week? Portugal. If you want to check that out, just search River Cruise Radio, however you're listening to this show. All right, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, is here. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Norwegian Cruise Line is launching all-inclusive cruising for their Europe markets this week. Uh, could we see this come to the U.S.? Well, I mean, I would call it more inclusive. Mm -hmm. I certainly wouldn't call it all-inclusive, first of all. And secondly, this um, package is really kind of more reminiscent of, you know, these these sales that they've been having where they're offering like five things, you know, free gratuities, free drink packages, uh, free dining packages that Mm -hmm. we've already seen. So it it may be more inclusive for uh, our European friends, but uh, this doesn't seem... uh, you know, really much different than what we've seen here uh, in the States on different packages on, on many of the sales they've been offering for, you know, well over a year. Speaking of Norwegian Cruise Line, they just added 33 more cruises to Cuba. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's big news as we continue to see more and more uh, cruise lines, you know, give us a, a window into what, you know, is going on with Cuba. Um, the Norwegian Sky has been doing, you know, very well with their Cuba sailings. For 2017, slowly but surely, a lot of the other cruise lines are starting to add their sailings, but NCL just got you know, approval for 33 round-trip cruises between Miami and Cuba in 2018, which includes a, uh, an overnight in, in Havana. And what's interesting is you know, the Norwegian Sky is the only, cruise line, is the only ship that um, has been approved for those shorter sailings. A Florida couple just celebrated their 200th cruise on Carnival Cruise Line uh, aboard Carnival Liberty this past week. Uh, is it just me, or have we seen other stories like this before? I, I think we've seen a lot of you know different stories from different cruise lines, including Carnival. But uh, you know this one, I mean, what it, it was like uh, they spent uh, 878 days mm-hmm. on 200 different sailings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's a whole world out there, guys. It's, it's, look, it's a, it's a good ship. but <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Majestic Princess, which is Princess Cruise's latest ship, recently delivered in Europe. So what's next for her? It's interesting. She, uh, you know, this is the latest ship that has been designed specifically for the, the China market. Princess Cruises, which is owned by Carnival Corporation, took delivery uh, of the ship on March 30th. And the ship is going to spend... Uh, you know, it's going to do about uh, eight sailings uh, within Europe before heading off to China. You know, she's the third ship in the uh, Royal Princess class. So she's uh, 143,000 tons, like Royal and Regal Princess. And, uh, you know, she's going to have a lot of restaurants, but a lot of the features on board will be geared toward the Chinese passengers. Holland America recently dropped calls from Acapulco. Does this have to do with um, safety in Mexico again? Well, we're, we're back to that, which is what mm-hmm. we saw, Doug, if you recall, back with Mazatlan uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, actually, the last couple of years. 
Um, but there, there have been some security issues. So Holland America has uh, canceled um, visits for the foreseeable future to Acapulco. But uh, what's interesting is that, uh, according to Acapulco, the number of cruise calls is up 64% in 2017 versus, you know, back in uh, 2016. Now, what, what does that mean in real numbers? Well, it's up to 28 calls versus 18. So not, not really not, not very big when you compare to, you know, what a Mazatlan or Cabo San Lucas uh, or an Ensenada receives there on the West Coast. Yeah, but, but it's uh, big for them. They it's will big see for them. Stops. Yeah, they, they'll see yeah. stops yeah. by MCL and region, Silver Sea, Oceana, Crystal, um, as as they're making. But it, but you know the the problem with Acapulco for the most part on the cruise itineraries out of the West Coast is it's really it, it's too far on the seven nine itineraries. Mm-hmm. So you're only really going to see Acapulco on sailings as the cruise lines are doing. Um, you know Panama Canal uh, full transits between uh, Los Angeles. And uh, in Florida. And last but not least, Queen Victoria, one of Cunard Line ships, is undergoing a major refit. Uh, what are we going to see with her? Well, she's going under the knife uh, coming up in May. A nice dry dock. She's going to be going to Palermo, Italy on, on May 5th. And uh, this is a one month makeover, Doug. They're going to be adding 43 new Britannia Club staterooms with a dedicated restaurant, which is, is really something nice because. To me, and Doug, having sailed on all the canard ships, the, the grills experience offers the best dining aboard any ship at sea. You don't need a specialty restaurant for, for different types of foods. There's nothing better in the world than eating in one of the, in the Princess or Queen's Grill uh, on, a, on a canard ship. So by adding a special dedicated restaurant for the Britannia Club passengers, uh, that really says that they're really stepping it up a notch and adding a third tier, uh, you know, uh, another restaurant besides the main dining room for passengers. So is it worth paying a little bit more to get into one of those? Absolutely. Um, you know, Canard is spending uh, $54 million um, upgrading the ship, adding these new cabins, um, you know, updating and upgrading their, their suites. Um, but, Doug, all I could tell you is, uh, Canard, um, in its 176-year history, um, has got some of the most famous ships. You know, we can all remember, you know, Queen Elizabeth II, um, which is probably the most famous, you know, one of the most famous cruise ships of all time. And Canard is a brand too that people should aspire toward. And uh, it's it's really something when you say, you know, hey, I'm going on Canard. And and the beauty is that it's not pretentious, and it really is available for more people than what. You know, people think about, um, and they do the world cruises. They they do do the transatlantics. They are in Europe. It is really a wonderful experience uh, to celebrate. You know, really anything. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Cruise Radio, maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? 
Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Kristen just returned from an eight-night sailing aboard Caribbean Princess. Going to the ABC Islands. Yeah, a rather unique itinerary just going there. Kristen's on the line. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Doug. So for the listeners who aren't familiar, you went to the ABC Islands, which is Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao? Correct. Let's talk about the embarkation process. So you live in St. Louis. You had to get to Port Everglades slash Fort Lauderdale. Uh, how was that for you? Embarkation was good. We had flown in the day before, which was really important because that was that was the day where an, an ice storm was predicted to hit St. Louis. So we got out just in the nick of time, used Uber to get over to the port. And we got there about probably 10, 15 or so. They opened the doors to the terminal mm, about 11. So you get to the cruise pier like 45 minutes early, you get inside. How was the check-in process? Oh, it went uh, very efficiently. We have uh, we have priority check-in um, based on our, our platinum status, Captain Circle Loyalty Program. So we got in and we were up in the upstairs waiting room relatively quickly, and they took about... 20 minutes or so before they finally started letting us board. They they had quite a few in-transit folks mm-hmm. because this cruise not only was sold as the eight-night cruise, but it was also bundled with a different itinerary. I think it's a Western itinerary for the cruise before, so you could combine the two. So there were a fair number of people who were doing a back-to-back, so they had to do all the let all the on-transit people board first, and then they let us started boarding about 11.45 or so. You cross the gangway and make your way on board Caribbean Princess. What did you think of her? So this is our first time sailing Caribbean. Um, she is what you would call, I guess, a grand class plus size. She is due for a dry dock in about two months where she's going to get the new princess luxury beds. They're going to put all the wiring on board for the new ocean medallion uh, and would expect other kinds of of maintenance and renovation features. And it definitely seems like she's due for a dry dock um, in terms of just noticing some kinds of, you know, wear and tear um, on her. So I think uh, I think she'll be she'll be uh, doing better with her spruce up here in a couple (laughs) in a couple of months. Yes, everyone's looking forward to the big medallion program rolling out on these ships later this year. Um, how about the stateroom? What do you think of your stateroom? What kind did you book? We booked uh, a standard balcony stateroom. Um, we were on Aloha deck, typical standard, you know, princess balcony stateroom. So it was, uh, it was kind of what we, kind of what we were expecting. Decent sized balcony. Just curious, did you do dinner on the balcony this cruise? Uh, we did not. No, not on this. cruise. 
On the subject of dining, let's talk about dining aboard Caribbean Princess. We'll start in the main dining room. Uh, what time dining did you have and what did you think of it? We always do the anytime dining because uh, we like to have the flexibility of um, sometimes having dinner earlier and sometimes having dinner later. Uh, we ended up dining in the dining room itself three times during the cruise. And we had very good food really for, for all of the, uh, all three of the, the meals that we had on board. We got to try some new things. Um, since the last time that we had sailed, the chocolate journeys program has rolled out. So a couple times they had one of the chocolate featured chocolate journeys desserts available. Also Curtis Stone, in addition to having his specialty dining restaurant, which isn't on Caribbean, mm-hmm. but uh, on all the ships, periodically, they would have one of his featured items on the main dining room menu. So it was an opportunity to to try uh, a couple of those. Yeah, it was. We had we had consistently really nice food in did, the dining room. Did you try any of the Curtis Stone options in the main dining room? My husband did. He yeah. had. I'm trying to remember. Oh yes, he, it was a roasted pork belly hmm. oh, um, that, that good, he actually. had, and he and he really liked it. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Did you do the steakhouse or Italian restaurant on Caribbean? Uh, We did. Actually, one of the perks that when we booked this cruise that Princess was offering was one complimentary dinner in our choice of specialty dining restaurants. So, of course, couldn't pass up an opportunity to go to Crown Grill. One of the two formal nights, um, because we didn't want to do formal nights on this cruise, is when we we went ahead and had our uh, had our dinner in in Crown Grill and that was that was excellent uh, as always does this ship have the crab shack they did they mm-hmm. offered it one time this cruise unfortunately they chose to offer it the night of Aruba which uh. was one of the two nights where we were in port late and we wanted to take advantage of dining on shore mm-hmm. so we did not have an, we did not get the chance to do crab shack all this food is making me hungry, so let's talk about entertainment. What did you think about entertainment on board? Let's see, so there was a there was a comedian. He did a smaller shows in in one of the lounges uh, one night, and then the next night he had a larger show in the Princess Theater. His name was Troy Thirdgill, and he was very very funny, and and everybody seemed to really like him. So that was that was pretty popular. We did, of course, they have movies under the stars. So in addition to seeing one of the Packers uh, playoff games uh, on on Mutts, we also had the chance to watch a couple movies uh, that we hadn't seen. So we did that. And then we did go see the production show Bravo. I think it's a relatively newer show. That was enjoyable. Uh, we, we enjoyed that very much. We always never miss um, the last night of the cruise. There's there's almost always a, a cruise show or the international cruise show. And mm-hmm. so that's always a, a lot of fun. So we, we definitely took advantage of seeing that. So this itinerary had three ports of call. It was an eight-night cruise. So you had a few sea days in there. How were the sea days for you? Yeah. So yeah. So like I said, this was nice because you had two sea days up front and two sea days days at the end of the of the cruise. I didn't really notice that it was really too terribly congested. Like I mentioned, this ship is what you might call a plus size of the grand size ships. And basically, they they added on extra deck for cabins, but didn't really expand the public space. So the ratio of passenger to public space on this ship is a little smaller than the other ships. So actually, where you notice that really the most was in the piazza area. As we sat in the piazza area looking around, and we actually pulled out some deck deck plans plans, to try to 
confirm our theory that it just felt like, I don't know if claustrophobic is quite the term, but compressed for sure. It's the smallest piazza area I think I've ever experienced on a princess ship. And that is personally one of the areas that I enjoy the most. So from that perspective, I was I was definitely, you know, a little disappointed that they they chose to shrink that space in comparison to some of the other some of the other sister ships. The other two sea days, we had we had gorgeous weather, lovely weather. So you had no problems taking advantage of calmer seas and and nicer weather those last two sea days. And as we mentioned a few minutes ago, a couple of times, Aruba, Bonaire, Car- uh, Carousel were the three islands you hit on this eight night sailing. So out of the three, which one was your favorite? So we agreed that our favorite was the one that we actually hadn't been to before, and that was Bonaire. We spent in the morning, we walked around the downtown area. It is much less commercialized Mm -hmm. than what you'll find in Aruba or even Curacao. There are a couple stores, um, Del Sol, Caraloja, but not like the whole proliferation of all the jewelry stores and all of that. A lot more local stores. And then there's a central plaza area that had tents set up with local vendors who were selling food and and homemade jewelry and other things like that. It was it was really cute. Really enjoyed just kind of spending a couple hours and and browsing and walking around there. And then in the afternoon, we did an afternoon snorkeling excursion out to the Klein Bonaire Marine Park, mm-hmm. um, which is about five miles um, off the shore of Bonaire. We were on a catamaran. It took us about an hour and a half or so maybe an hour, uh, hour to an hour and a half to, to get out towards the Marine Park. During that whole time, they're working with you individually to figure out, you know, what's your snorkeling um, experience been? Um, what kind of equipment did you want? They have everything you could possibly want from fins to um, snorkel masks to um, rash guard t-shirts, you name it, whatever you wanted, they had the gear for you. I got to try the new full face masks. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, yeah. but they allow you to breathe normally through your through your nose. And I absolutely loved it. It was great. Um, would definitely do that again for snorkeling. Um, they separated us into three groups. So there were three guides that went into the water with us. And what's really cool about snorkeling in the Kleinbahn Air Park, besides, of course, that the water is so clear and you get to see so much amazing sea life, fish, etc. You're snorkeling, you're doing what they call drift snorkeling, or in other words, you're snorkeling along with the current. So you're not having to expend as much energy just doing basic swimming to move along because you're going along with the current, um, which was really cool. So we had about an hour or so um, in the water. And then uh, once we were back on the catamaran, they fed us. We could have whatever kind of drinks we wanted. The whole excursion was a, a little over three hours. We definitely agreed it's it's the best that we've ever done, and we would not hesitate to do it again. Just really, really enjoyed that, and really enjoyed Bonaire itself. Yeah, would uh, want to go back. Give me uh, give me one quick uh, just because we're coming up short on time here. Give me one mm-hmm. quick highlight for Aruba and Carousel. 
So with Curacao, we did a customized private tour with a gal named Gabby Liu. Um, she uh, has a website called sandandstilettos.com. So she's a local. She customizes to whatever you're interested in doing on the island. So based on the kinds of things we were interested in, we went to the Christoffel National Park for a few hours. She took us to a couple beaches and scenic outlooks. She took us to lunch at this fish restaurant right where, I mean, literally they bring the fish in and cook it right there. It's that fresh place that only a local would be able to take you to and took us through a few of the neighborhoods that are part of the UNESCO World Heritage Area. So that was great. I really felt like I have I have a good appreciation for the overall island of Curacao. Um, and she was a fabulous tour guide. So that was great. And then for Aruba, we just decided we wanted to take it easy and just do a you know, a basic kind of all-inclusive beach break. Mm -hmm. So we actually did the ship's excursion to De Palm Island, which is a little, you know, private. Yeah, you you probably have been there. Yeah. So similar to other kinds of places that have an all, you know, food and drink is all included. And you could snorkel uh, there if you wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted to. Right, exactly. There was plenty of lounge chairs and it was mostly adults. So it was, it was, uh, it wasn't too crowded. It was, it was relaxing and it was good. That's kind of what we were looking for, for Aruba. That place cracks me up because they, they take you in a boat to go to De Palm Island and you're like behind this water treatment plant or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's the just launch, so random. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the launch for the for the little ferry that goes across to De Palm Island. Yeah. It's right by there. I think yeah. their water desalination plant. So it it's is. not the most attractive looking <laughs> area right there. But, you know, but, but the, the, nice. The, the beach, when you get over to De Palm Island, you're facing out away from right. that. <laughs> and you're not looking at that when you're sitting on the beach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was disembarkation for you? We had chosen to do the princess transfers to the Fort Lauderdale airport, but pro- that's probably the last time we're going to do that because honestly, they get you to the airport so early. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a we had a, like a twelve thirty flight, and we were at the airport probably by like uh, eight thirty. <laughs> oh, so and Fort Lauderdale airport's not the greatest to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. in to hang out at, especially if there's a lot of ships in port. It's oh, yeah. kind of like a madhouse actually right now. Um, um, so we'll probably do Uber next time and maybe try to get off the ship and do dis- self-disembarkation a little later. Yeah, yeah <laughs> But sure. yeah, we had, we had no problems. We used the mobile passport app. Um, we also brought our global entry cards as well. And I mean, we breezed through customs in like f- five to 10 minutes. It was not a problem. Any tips you have for Caribbean Princess or sailing to the ABC Islands? Well, definitely, like I said, this itinerary was was really, really unique. The fact that you got to go to all three islands on one itinerary and that you got to stay late in port, which is unusual, as you know. Um, So it really gave you the opportunity to experience uh, some nightlife, go on shore for dinner, um, really, really maximize your, your, your time spent there. So I highly recommend this particular kind of an itinerary. Um, one of the things that I didn't really think about the fact that we booked this because it was an eight night cruise instead of a seven night, just that one extra night bumped us up to a hundred extra free internet minutes because of our platinum status in captain circle. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of nice, something to think about. You know, I think, when I look, when I think about how I would rate this overall cruise, I think it was, you know, the itinerary was a five. The ship was probably a three. 
So it comes out as like a four, I would say, in terms of my assessment. I mean, Caribbean is has definitely, like I said, will hopefully benefit with some of the maintenance issues or whatnot from its upcoming dry dock. But just in terms of its just design and whatnot, um, I really prefer the some of the other ships that we've been on, Emerald, Ruby, and of course, the new ones, the new Royal class, just yeah. from a personal a personal standpoint. I just like the amenities, the ship design and, and the public space a little better. But it was the ship doing this particular itinerary. And that was really the that was really the big draw for us. And that was definitely not a disappointment. Fair enough. We've been talking with Kristen. She just returned from an eight night ABC Islands cruise on Caribbean Princess. If you want to catch Kristen's review on Cruise Critic, we'll link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Kristen, thanks for being on the show. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.